0: Welcome you to another Untapped and vinyl first of this year that we're gonna call 2021. Started out in a very fantastic fashion.
4: Why are we gonna call it 2021? Huh? <laughs> Cause hindsight's <laughs> twenty twenty, monk. <laughs> giving you hell, brother. So man, we uh we've got quite a lot to talk about. We do. I, I guess we do. Yeah. I We're mean gonna there's We're going to see where it goes. There's freaking music and everything, you know.
0: There is. I want to start here with uh, how the night began uh <laughs> with uh people's uh fantastic artist at the Art Council the night.
4: Yes. Leslie Peebles. She's an artist out of Gainesville, Florida. Does some amazing work. Um I mean just so everybody knows, I I not only work at Alt 1017, I also work at the Columbus Arts Council, so from time to time, I get to do arty shit, you know, and hang out with artsy people. Um, Leslie Peebles is an amazing artist. Also, we've got a, a young lady from Kelsey Kelsey Cockrell, who is a uh, artist at the Mississippi University for Women right. in Columbus, Mississippi. And, you know, they came together, had their little uh, um, exhibit, and it's uh, pretty freaking amazing. It really so, is. So, we start uh, out there, you know, I, I, I you, you said, hey, do you want to do this uh, podcast tonight? And I'm like, hey... I got this thing going, you're like, okay, well, I can meet you after and I'm said, Hey, just come on and have some beer. So we had several beers and vodkas and So things. we pre gamed Yes, we did very much pre Now we're hot and ready. Yeah.
0: <laughs> just like a little Caesar's Pizza. There here. you go, man. So hot what are we ready. drinking on here?
4: We're drinking on uh Dr. Juice, uh one of our favorite uh breweries. That's correct. Been Fresh. featured many times here on uh on uh on Ports Talk and on Untapped and Vinyl uh dr juice it's a six percent hazy ipa i love it i didn't know it was a hazy ipa because I've, I, I honestly only ever had it out of the uh, can I yeah never that's... poured it into a glass and i poured it in a glass and i couldn't see through it and i was like exciting because i love the
3: hazies it, it's
4: like uh when you think about ghost in the machine which
0: is Parrish, and it's also a hazy uh ghost in the machine is hazier this beer is not as stout but it is just as tasty.
4: And it's this, a little sweeter than Ghost in the Machine it is. Really I is. think. Uh, if you
0: were going to rate it on the Untapped scale, I'd give it a four point five.
4: I'll because I know how the bloom is. We we not had bloom here, we have, have we? We have. Okay. So I'm going to give this a four. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's solid, but it's not a bloom, and it's not a Ghost in the Machine.
0: And so, like, with the hops that they're using, right, I mean, you called it. It's sweet. I, I got the citrus. Um, it's hazy. Uh, don't get no armpit. Uh, it's a smooth. No,
4: so no Simcoe in there for sure.
0: Yeah, it's a smooth. It's I'm probably
4: gonna... got a lot of citra hops in it, It's I a would straight imagine. six. Yeah. Straight 6%.
0: Mm-hmm.
4: It's got a lot of citra hops because it's got a very um, kind of grapefruity flavor to it. Mm-hmm. Grapefruity, that's a new word. I just invented it.
0: It, it works well for yeah. this beer. I would highly recommend it for y'all. <laughs> grapefruity. And but like, but
4: like not like a seltzer or something that's flavored with grapefruit or a or a you know, a wheat beer that's flavored with grapefruit for sure or a shandy.
0: And like for it to be called Doctor's Juice with the news that dropped just a couple of days ago about Doctor Dre with aneurysm, but he supposedly is recovering, so um, that's that's kind of neat, because uh, right when I heard Dr. Juice, my mind went straight to Dre. Yeah. Um,
4: hopefully, he'll pull through from, one, one. Never, from everything that I hear. Toast to Dr. Dre, and then pour a little out for our homies in our mouth. There you go. Can do. <sighs> Is that disrespectful? I don't know. But <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. <laughs> no disrespect meant at, at all. All right.
2: Feeling alone, troubled times like these are not too sure. Silly things like speaking or laughing out loud. Oh come out of price when you stand in a crowd. Too many times you've cried this this you.
1: That day isn't
0: Well, man, let's, let's open up. Um, our mascot is no longer with us. No, she's not.
4: Sushi, the the coolest little tortoiseshell cat, is no longer with us. Um, she was an inside-outside cat. Uh, a lot of you that listen to the show may have heard Sushi jump on it because she frequently, while we were doing the podcast, would jump on the table here and mm-hmm. she'd meow and Rubber butt against the microphone or something like that, but um, sushi was an inside outside cat, and one day, um, December twenty first, I let her out at like five o'clock in the morning, and I never saw her again. She got hit by a, a car. So the the uh, porch talk mascot lives on in our hearts. There you go. That's the
0: best way to put it, man. Uh, yep. When I saw the news, man, I was. Uh... was tore up about it I know
4: how much uh, the cat meant to you and uh... it's it's really a weird thing man like I don't know because I live alone and I've lived alone um, since my divorce for the past six years and the way you got sushi right it was kind of yes because right as I was going through a divorce I had a cat also so sushi was my son's cat and I had a cat named Butter And Butter had been my cat for like 15 years and Butter had um, osteosarcoma, uh, bone cancer. Mm -hmm. And so Butter had to be put down and I was there and everything about three weeks before my divorce was final and we moved out of our house that we had built. So it was really like a traumatic time. And so my son saw that and my son knew that, you know, we already had two dogs as well. So he said, Hey, look, you know, mom and I are taking the dogs I want you to take sushi. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, I don't want that fucking cat because the cat and I never got along, ever. Never. I couldn't stand that cat. It couldn't stand me every time it I got know, around me. It that's would the attack way it goes, me. Right? It was like, crazy. You know, every dad is like,
0: We're not gonna have a pet in this house. And right when you know, right when a <laughs> pet is yeah.
4: That's when you see the wife post the picture yeah, of them asleep in the recliner with the dog around their neck, yeah, you know? So yes, yes Exactly, yeah. you know. It's like, this dude's so, full of shit. Yeah. <laughs> so so my son said, Hey, look, dad, take this cat. I took the cat and like immediately <laughs> Because the cat went through the divorce just like I did. Mm-hmm. So sushi was automatically, we bonded. And it was just like this frickin' perfect cat-human relationship that we had. Um, very understanding cat. I mean, just very loving. Because um, the cat, honestly, when I would touch it, it would claw me. I had to know with blood dripping off my hands every time. Mm-hmm. But when we got out on our own, Totally not that at all. Yeah. So it's really weird, too, to like be like a single cat person and be living with a cat for six years, and all of a sudden that cat's gone because you, you all of a sudden... There's a void. Yeah, you all of a sudden have no responsibility at all. Um, I, I'm still... I'm, I come home. I don't know what the hell to do. I don't even clean anymore because I just feel like I just, fuck, I'm depressed. I just want to sit down on the couch and watch mindless crime dramas or some shit, you know, like, or watch music. Yeah. A little, a lot of letter Kenny in there, you know, (laughs) um, you know, whatever. I just, I like, I don't know what to do with myself anymore because every moment of my life, and I didn't realize it as it was happening because it was so normal, but every moment of my life has changed because now I can go and be gone for five days and I don't have to have anybody come over to watch nothing, you know. It's really so weird. And I know a lot of people that listen to the show. They've lost animals. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, the whole Rainbow Bridge thing. That shit just brings me to tears. Don't ever read that if you've ever lost a pet. And you've never read Rainbow Bridge. Don't do it because it's horrible. Um, but it, I mean, it's a really beautiful thing. I mean, I've got a lot of uh, you know a lot of a lot of people who have passed on. A lot of friends who have passed on. So. You know, I don't know how much talking you do to whatever exists out beyond us, but like my cat Butter died in 2015, mm-hmm. 2014, uh, 2014, and you know, like the first thing I said was like Butter. I'll never have another cat. Uh, no, again. well, I said that when when I lost Butter, but the first thing I said when when I found Sushi and I had to like actually pick her up out of the road and take her to the vet to have her cremated, um, the first thing I said was, hey, Butter, go find sushi, because sushi's coming, you know, that kind of thing. I, so i like, I don't know what you believe past the realm of, of Earth.
3: Yeah, sure. You know,
4: but, but like, I, I like to think, at least my animals are, they're up there hanging out going, fuck, man, there comes sushi. You know, I remember him, you know, her. So, yeah. I don't know, it's been really a strange experience, man. It's nothing that I ever want to go through again. So I've sworn off, wanting any animals right now, but I know that eventually, I want want my chance to rescue an animal. That's Um, where I'm at right now, and uh, I really like honorary
0: chair, the work that Taylor Hollinsworth has been doing with like transporting uh, dogs and cats across. He goes up to Wisconsin, you know, Birmingham to Wisconsin to the if they get overrun in Birmingham, he takes them to a, a home that isn't overrun. Yeah, yeah. And the next animal that I have will definitely be a rescue, and that's the power of that testimony. Yep. But, I, I mean, I, I can totally relate with that. Um, coming out of my divorce, and then I hung around in Mobile for, like, right a of the year. Then I moved back here.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Still trying to find myself and, and still trying to get grounded. And hanging out with friends, and this is, like, the origin of porch talk. Yeah. is uh, hanging out with friends I ain't seen him forever and we had these great conversations and somebody would bring a guitar out and we would trade songs and I was like I think we have something of value here yeah and that's why I don't take holidays off that's why I don't like especially if you look at 2020 I didn't lull like
4: I mean, you've been like he, a like a two a week dude, you know. Yeah, like e- know?
0: even with everything going on, I still find a way. Yeah. And like, it's it's my healing too. I mean, sure. it's that same analogy with with a pet, and like, you don't know what to do your, with yourself. Yeah. I remember in 2018, I took two weeks off from Porch Talk, and I was miserable. Yeah. It's like, I didn't know how much it meant. Sure, sure. And that's crazy to say. Yeah. And like, I saw this tweet, uh, man, it dealt with me. It was like, why don't men just go to therapy instead of starting a podcast? (laughs) (laughs) I was like, would you leave me alone? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay. But, um, man, I I, I get that. That's awesome. You know, I get that on different levels. But, yeah, man, it's like... uh, it's the opportunity we just had a flat earther on the show. Yeah, that episode was great, and um, man, it's. I'm excited about everything that poor stuff is. doing I mean, doing things anyway. are looking up, man. Yeah, I, mean, I mean I mean
4: I, I like I've seen the growth from the get go. Yeah. Uh, essentially the get go. Shy I mean, guy
0: at the Sunstroke
4: House. Yeah, you know, I mean it's it's come so far, man. I mean I'm proud <coughs> of what you've built and I'm proud that you've got a chance to kind of, you know, pat yourself on the back and look at all the people who are listening all across the country.
0: That's not this world. I mean the world, man, you know, yeah. yeah. Yeah.
4: But I've seen the maps that you've right. posted on Facebook yeah. of you yeah, know, I focus on the US. Yeah, on the US, you know. And I mean I mean, this cheers to you. Yeah, man. Cheers to Ports Talk. Cheers to you too for being a part of it, bro. Oh man, I I just I mean I'm this honored. This is our
0: fifteenth on
1: Fifteenth.
4: God dog, it feels like we've done thirty five, <laughs> doesn't it? I'm telling you. That's just because maybe we get so drunk, we just like... We just kind of lose it. Like, this is my best friend, man. I love this guy right <laughs> hey, here, you know? He listen to this
0: podcast. <laughs> uh, we get over all there. We just talk about everything, okay? We're going to figure this out. All right. Golly. So we're stepping into 2021, man. And um, let's go ahead and jump off in the music, and we can dive off in the stories as we go. But... Um, I've been reflecting, like, on old records. Like, what have you been doing, like, with the... Okay, we're at January 7th right now. We're yeah. seven days in. What have you been doing with music?
4: Um, I mean, I guess, like, like I, I think there's a point where people come into their lives where... Because I'm 46 years old. Mm-hmm. So I think there's a point where you kind of... Although my my job and in indies only helps me to still keep discovering new music, I think like on a personal level, there comes this this um, time when you just kind of look back at all the stuff that that you remember from a time in your life that made you feel excited. You know, I've been listening to probably a lot more punk rock than I've been you know used to listening to a lot more like '90s college rock 80's college rock stuff we're kind of in the same vein
0: man and that there was um, I was listening to These Are Not Music Guys Uh, it's it's a podcast I enjoy listening to and like the host just there was a panel of about five of them and he just asked this question to kind of kill time yeah and he said "Um, what what's your favorite band and uh you know right off the bat one of the guests said Blondie. And I was like I'd never go there. <laughs> and then you know but the, there are people who do and, apparently and, 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 I would never go. And would. the host said Muse. And then the guy that said Blondie he's like that's awfully contemporary of you. And I was like when I think about like music with people it's like so you're telling me that you're strictly Blondie in that timeline that you don't deal with contemporary? I was like, have yeah. you listened to it? Yeah. I was like, dude, music is so good right now. To me, music sounds better yes. today yes. than it ever has.
4: Well, now, we've we've talked on the show previously. So, like, I come from the school of, you know, I turned 17 in 91, 92. Mm-hmm. So when Nirvana came along, I mean, in my friends and my buddies were sitting around listening to mud honey and green river and all these other bands like that. So whenever Nirvana kind of broke the face of music open, it was almost like scales like, falling from eyes. like I've said for so many years that music has never sounded as good as it did in 91, 92, you know, because it was something so fresh and so new, even though we were listening to it, Everybody else knew what it was now, you know, and and so at school with my long hair and my goatee hanging to my collarbone, I was no longer the weird kid. I all all of a sudden became the cool kid, Yeah, you know, it's like that dude's been grunge for like four fucking years before, you know, Nirvana ever did anything, you know. Yeah, so like, I mean, I think right now what's happening in music because of everybody coming off of the major labels and everybody kind of getting down to, to doing shit on their own terms, I think it sounds so much better, you know, not necessarily the indie sound, but just indie rock all the way around. Mm-hmm. I mean, whether you're doing the folk country thing or you're doing the fucking indie rock or the electronic rock, which, you know, I, I tweeted actually, um, at the end of the year, I said, uh, less, uh, less synth in in 2021 because i hate synthesizers and keyboards but i mean i will accept it because you're doing your thing and and you're sounding great so right now i agree with you music right now is sounding kind of as good as it did in 91 92 but i'm in a different mind frame i was 17 18 then i'm 46 now you know so we're living right in the middle of it but um let me ask you
0: this is like with 2020 and pandemic yes and like living in historical moments as we are like i mean this will definitely be like sure a highlight
4: I, every, everything we've moment. done last year was a historical moment pretty so much. do you
0: think that there will be another great awakening of music the way that we do things because think about this let's think about some of our favorite albums from last year take uh country vision of taylor holland's work yep. where'd he do it out of his home yeah and so you had a lot of you had a lot of albums just they were home recorded uh, made, and I wouldn't call Country Visions lo-fi and dirty but I mean it, it was Taylor Hollingsworth and so he doesn't do a lot of post-production
4: yeah and so like he did not have to because he's a fucking talented <laughs> that's right if you, if <laughs> you, you, know, if
0: you go ahead and do it if you go ahead and do it right you don't have to That is really what I've been finding about 2020 with everything kind of being shut down, pandemic. You have all these musicians who were putting really great content out. Yeah. Yeah. And, but they're doing it from
4: home. And, like, I hope that that continues. I mean, hopefully we can see an end to the pandemic. But, like, everybody doing things from home has been very exciting. We've heard a lot of stuff that we probably normally wouldn't have heard. That's my point. Yeah. 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 Had had we not been in a pandemic. So, hopefully, I mean, Taylor Hollingsworth, I mean, in my opinion, he's always been solid as shit as far as his recordings. Um, I don't know where he's ever recorded everything before. Um, I don't know if he did this one from his home. Country Visions was from home. I, he's
0: been working.
4: I don't remember what studio, but I, I know he was recently at a studio. But he had, uh, like, a, he's got a studio at his house. That's right. Yeah. Home so, studio. I mean, hopefully that stuff will continue, you know? I mean, hopefully, like, the pandemic will bring people to realize, look, I can do shit on my own, you know? That's my you- thing, is... Um, just
0: you know, I, I flirted last year, um well actually it would have been twenty eighteen. you probably remember me talking about. It. I was like, I'm gonna put out this home album. Yeah. And then twenty nineteen I dicked around and I, I I I didn't do it. Yeah. I got scared. And there's this thing about it is like um I was on uh Jake Ree's Man Up podcast and he brought up a good point, it's uh competence Competency and confidence. And like it goes with this with anything is like when you first step into anything, your confidence is through the roof. Yeah. But your competency of what you're doing is down low. Yeah. And as your competency grows, your confidence shrinks because you begin to understand all the ins and outs of what you're trying to do. And it's a little more. It's a little more advanced, and so you're not as confident because you understand completely what you're trying to do. So, so you kind of, and then it kind of creates an imposter syndrome to where I, I don't think I am this. I think I'm an imposter. Like I, I'm not a real musician. I'm not a real guitar player. I'm not a real singer. I'm not a.
4: I'm, I'm not a real. DJ. I mean, I guess I can get that because, like, like I'm all gung ho before I get to you know my time to go on the radio, and when I get on the radio, I'm like, fuck, that break sucked, you know, or or I was just I just blew through it and whatever, you know. I mean, I guess I get get what you're saying, but I mean, like in in the recording process, is there like a point where you find the middle ground between those two? The answer is yes, but.
0: When you find that competency and confidence, and I think you probably found this during those live shows to where it was a meet and greet. Yeah. To where did you ever feel like you were an imposter, like people were making you more than what you
4: were, or you were making yourself more than what you actually were? Uh, Like as far as being a radio personality, I don't think I ever felt like that because... You know, like I told my son when he was a kid, I, I was like, you know, if you don't think you're a rock star, nobody else will. So by the time I got there, see, that's m- the confidence side of it. Yes, yes, but the confidence, like the people who would come and adore <coughs> what I was doing and what I was there for, just built the everything else up. You know, so there was never that lack in anything else, and nothing ever came down. That confidence just kept growing and growing and growing and growing. Because I was being adored by these people, you know, they were saying, "Oh my God, you're Monk on the radio!" Oh my God, you <laughs> yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah, um, yeah I yeah. mean, it's a much, much smaller scale than I think. You know, like say Maynard, uh, James Keenan experiences with Tool. You know, I mean, yeah, it's a much sure. smaller scale because I am just a, I'm like a James Span level, maybe radio, not even probably that radio personality. You know? Oh my but, God, when he takes, when he is taking the jacket off and it's just him
0: and his. Yeah. What is that? What is that thing? The suspenders. S- yeah. yeah. It's Him yeah. and suspenders. You know, <laughs> shit has hit the fan. Oh hell yeah! You hell better yeah. get yes.
4: Get to a safe place. A Mother Nature's son is what we always called him in radio. He's a very good fella too. I've met yeah. him. James Span yes. I've met him twice. He's a yeah. great guy. He gave he gave me a uh, a James Spen, uh talking bobblehead.
0: Yeah. Uh, my grandma had one. Of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. I remember. Yes. Um, I think I was like a junior or senior in high school, and he came to South Lamar. Yeah, and uh, he mainly focused on like it wasn't like a school wide event, but it was mainly for like the elementary. But I was like, I wish I could be there. Yeah, so I grew up listening to this guy. You know, that's yeah. weird. Like, yeah, you put a meteor out. I don't know if it's I see, like but that. He's everywhere, like that superstar though. status,
4: you know? Yeah, and I mean, it, hell, he's he just local. Yeah, I mean, he nobody does, in Mobile knew the.
0: Who the hell they were? Because, like, when I moved to Mobile, I was like, I got to find a new meteorologist. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> ain't that wild? Exactly. When
4: I moved to Columbus, Mississippi, I'm like, fuck, I guess I got to listen to radio stations out of Tuscaloosa so I can hear James Spann. Yes, exactly. Yeah. I know exactly ain't, what you're talking about. But I mean, he was like, he was, he, or he was, he is. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's superstar status. He really is. I mean, in the world of meteorology, he's like, you know. That the people from the Weather Channel are calling that dude every day going, hey, look, um, how do you feel now? How do you feel now? He's like loyal as shit. You know he is the top paid television personality in the city of Birmingham. Absolutely. Has Has to be. Has to be. Because they're trying to keep him at all costs.
0: I'm telling you, like uh, when I was down in Mobile uh, studying for college, I had a friend of mine. uh, We worked together. Yeah. He was studying meteorology at, South Alabama, and I was like, what is it like studying and wanting to work in a field knowing that you're going to be wrong a lot? Yes, yes. Like, people are going to call you out on your crap all the time. And he was like, I mean, that's the, that's the game of meteorology. It's like, you can't predict Mother Nature. You don't, no. you don't know yeah. what it's going to do. No. But I was like, the thing about James Spann is like, like dude, I've, I've literally watched him my whole life. Right? Yeah. He He's wrong, yeah. But like
4: he he's really but, good about talking about it. But but quote me, please, on what I'm about to say. James Spann is the Nick Saban of weather. One hundred and fifty percent. Speaking of which, roll tide. Roll tide. We go watch yes. we're gonna yes.
0: see them buckeyes. Yes. Devontae Smith cut
4: that high. Congrats highs, to Devontae. Yes. Da, da, da. Let's, 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 don't our, let's don't get Waddle's too ahead of that. get ahead of ourselves. I mean, we don't. I'm ever not saying wanna... I'm not saying that we're going to yes, win. Waddle's but we're back. Going, yes. We're going to a title but game. But is Waddle Waddle going to play? And is the national championship going to get postponed? And I hope you put this out before Monday when the national It'll championship game. Okay, so is is the game going to get postponed? Because Eileen with Saban's daughter. Did you see her tweet? Either. I did not, and I follow her on Twitter. Okay, she
0: she took it down and she apologized for it. I
4: saw her apologizing, but I didn't know what she apologized for. So, the tweet, uh, and this is not verbatim,
0: but Ohio State was calling for a postponement of the national championship game. I, I don't know if they threw COVID into it, but everyone knows that Justin Fields was banged up. Remember he took that. Yes. Skowski hit him that targeting call. Sure. He Got thrown out. Yep. I think they're trying to give time for Justin Fields, and so be it. If if you want to, that just gives us more time for Waddle.
4: Sure, but there was there was a point in, in the article that was on alt was that there's one of the lines either defensive or offensive the majority of those dudes have the COVID, so they. I mean whether that's a call to give us more time to prepare for Alabama or that's an actual Covid call, I don't know like an you know like this shit's real well that's that's been the whole thing about it, right
0: is like you won't let's let's go here for a minute, like college football, and so um when Ohio State was picked to go to the playoffs yeah it was a lot of fun no, number three, a lot of love and hate about that, and Dabo Sweeney said no. They're number eleven. They don't belong. They're six and zero. And then what did Ohio State come out and do? Oh, we're number eleven.
4: Yeah. How about yeah, we come, come out, out whoop the number two team? Yeah. Whoop their ass. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Like total domination up to a point to where my dad is diehard Alabama, and when that game went off, he looked at me. He's like, uh, "Think, uh, think, Bama will be able to beat them boys?" And I said, "Dad, yes." Yes, we, we can beat anybody, and they can too. But I was like, think about this. Is Najee, the state bird of Alabama. <laughs>
4: <laughs> I've not heard that yet. That is so perfect after the whole... The like, leap? And and I saw somebody like some NFL no it was doctor it was a uh, 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 what's the uh, doctor J yeah the fucking basketball player or somebody Magic Johnson or somebody yeah. tweeted that um, I've seen um, you know uh, I've seen players jump over other players when they were going down but I've never seen anybody jump over them when they were standing up. That's right. And
1: Najee did it. <laughs> That's right.
4: Like a six foot two dude, he's like jumping right over him yeah. as he starts to go down. So maybe six foot. <laughs> yeah. But damn it. <laughs> that, and by the way, if you're
0: on Twitter, that was a that was a tweet by the uh, the ostrich and how you find just look the ostrich up. The ostrich is a great follow on the Twitter. It's set. a orange background with like a um, a balding bearded. Who face. is the
4: ostrich? I'm not sure. I don't, do you know? We you need to have the ostrich on your show. That would be dope. I would totally do that. You got to reach out to him on the. I'm Twitter. sure he's in Birmingham. Sounds to me like he's somewhat local. So, yes. but um, he, he he made that original joke is like little known fact
0: that Najee Harris is actually the state bird of Alabama. And That's I awesome, like, perfect. Yeah, you know, and we got uh, Jalen Waddell coming back, Devontae Smith, the Joker, Mac Jones, quarterback.
4: Like, I remember going because, um, you know, of course, I live in Mississippi, and my best friend has. Season tickets to the Mississippi State game, so I went to the Mississippi State Alabama game last year at um, in Starkville. They practically give them things away. Well, <laughs>
0: I'm sorry, <Yeah>. State. <laughs> so, so I went, I went
4: to the game, and that's the game that Tua got knocked out, and mm-hmm. and or not knocked out, but you know we got knocked out of the yeah. game. And so they brought in Mac Jones, and I thought. Is this our fucking savior? Is this our replacement for Tua? I was like, oh my god, so disappointing. Really? Yes. But no. In, in the rest of the season last year, I was like, really. But I got full confidence in I mean in Mac Jones because he is a Saban dude. Like I got full confidence in Saban and what yeah. his team can do. His story. But man, when he comes out the first of this year, I'm like, God, I mean, it's like is it like Joe Burrow 2.0. I mean, like fucking. Tua like Do do I want I don't want to say better than Tua Cause he's not flashy I mean Tua's got that flashy element And Mac's not Mac's just like this fucking silent bomb That just like You know he's like the stink bomb That somebody puts off in the floor And you never know what's happening Until it hits you You know it's like What the fuck I'd say that And also like the thing I like about
0: Mac's story Is that He stayed at Bama Yeah this is his, what's junior or senior year? Yeah, he's the backup to Tua at one like, point, and like eh. it, it was gonna be his job till Jalen. It was gonna be his job after Jalen, then Tua. Yeah, and then he had to fight Bryce Young for the job this year. And if that says anything about his work ethic and how much he knows that playbook, and like, look, just look at with well, the last game when we played Notre Dame, he threw a ball. To a Devontae Smith in the corner of the end zone that was undefendable. It was the most perfect play that you could call. It's where Devontae Smith was on the edge of the end zone. Yeah. Right about to go out of bounds. And Mac throws it out of bounds. Devontae reaches out, catches it, gets the feet down, and falls out of bounds. Yeah. You can't defend that.
4: Sure. Yeah. And I was like, My man. Yeah, I mean, I, I'll say this. And all I,
0: his stats are gold. All the stats.
4: I hope that Mac Jones listens to your podcast. He doesn't, because he might. He may text you in a minute. and Go, uh, I'm listening. You know, or Saturday, <laughs> whatever you put this up. But I would say, like out of like, if I've got like favorite, and and I and I hate that I felt that way favored, after the Mississippi State game. I favored, I favored game,
0: him over Tua. If that tells you, did anything. you then?
4: If that tells you anything about my Bama fanness, sure. Okay. Well, I think right now, since I've seen like first game of of the twenty twenty season, I favored him over Tua. Like as far as like how I looked at it, I was like, oh my god, this kid is fucking amazing. Tua is more athletic, but like Mac Jones like
0: characterizes what I think about an Alabama quarterback when I say like a. Field General when you talk about yeah, AJ, precise, AJ, AJ point. McCarran, McElroy, like he knows what's going Not on. Not flashy. Yeah. He's gonna make he's gonna make the right decision. The thing about uh I cast no shade on Jalen. I will cast a little shade on Tua, but the thing about Tua that always drove me crazy, if there wasn't a play, he'd try to make a play. And I always hate that
4: about people. It's like just throw it out of bounds. Just hey, you get another down, man. But I mean, why do you hate them trying to make a play though? I mean, you're co- talking co- about you're talking about a lot of other people like RG three and, and Cam Newton. Those, those guys people. were capable.
0: Tua wasn't that level. That's the thing about Tua and then also we found out with the last year of Tua being in Alabama that he was very injury prone. Yeah. Is like he was next level. Like, when he came in freshman year, you know, he won that – we were playing Georgia and the national championship. He won that game for us. Yeah. He came back next year and started. He won the position over Jalen. And I watched that whole season, and it was like flash, 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 just flashy, flashy, flashy. And I was like, dude, I wonder if, like, so he was overdoing it, and, and yes. Essentially, yes. Yes, and that was my point. It was like I would rather have someone come back, and like I felt like he put the team on his back. Yeah. Where I feel like the quarterback would be the opposite of that. Like yeah. when I think about an Alabama quarterback, when I think about a Notre Dame quarterback, it's like this is a field general. He's going to equally disperse. He's going to do the. He's going to make the right decision. He's going to do what's right.
4: So he was. You felt like he would be more RG3, but he was more Cam Newton. Yes. Because Cam Newton was way more flashy than RG3. Yes. And I, I don't say that just because I'm a Washington football fan and I'm a diehard. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, I, I see Speaking what you're saying. Of props to them, dude. Like, the I mean, whole – have you kept up with NFL
3: quite Yes, them,
4: I have. I mean, of course I keep up with Washington because, I mean, that's a team I grew up loving. Um, Not a bad – I How mean, about the Simpson producer so, that the Bills
0: are going to win this Super Bowl season, and I'm totally going to go with that. Have you seen the them? Bills?
4: What the fuck, dude? Look, the, Simpson, I don't the Simpsons. The Simpsons are never wrong. Come on. No, dude. I don't. I don't. I just don't see that. Like I was watching the other night. I was watching like the Red Zone or whatever. Who'd you think? Watching. Like with the wild cards and everything. I think
0: it starts this Sunday, right? Ain't we? Oh yes, yes, yes.
4: Because we're. Uh, Washington is taking on the Tampa Bay Bucks, which have Tom Brady. Yeah, Tom Brady as their quarterback. Um, but it was really cool. The coach of the Bucks, that somebody asked him, "How do you feel about taking on Washington? You know, a team, this. a team that's like what seven and six or whatever, right. you know, or six and, seven. and was Like with a new quarterback, it's he's like, like, playing like a four he's like and one. Team. Yeah, he's like he's like well, with Alex Smith at quarterback, mm-hmm. then I'm definitely saying. That, I mean, they're a four and one team. Because we were playing with uh, Haskins from Ohio State prior to that, and then we let him go. And it was kind of funny, too, to look at at the whole rundown because um, uh, our our coach, Rivera, Mm -hmm. lost his job at Carolina whenever Redskins and Haskins came in and beat him. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as he lets Haskins go, he gets beat by... Carolina.
3: So it was kind of, I kind of, was like, ah,
4: there you go. I mean, it, you know, time will tell kind of thing. So let's, uh, we've dove off in the sports for a
0: bit.
3: Well, I'm glad we did never,
4: that. We've never really yeah. talked sports. We've always said roll tide, but we've never yeah. really talked sports. And so, so. I mean, I literally, that is all I've got. I mean, I could not tell, tell you, you anything this. else. <laughs> it's like
0: uh, Cobb,
4: uh, yeah. he's a regular on the yeah, show. Yeah, he's yeah, an yeah. Auburn
0: fan. Oh, yes. And, yes, um, Like still a good dude, and I I usually say good things about Auburn, and he'll say good things about Bama, and so like with Bama fans is like I'm not the most like person, sure, because I don't talk about my own team, yeah, and so this was interesting to be able to talk about my own team, and then even then I wasn't that nice, like I'm not, I don't ride the Tua train, like Jalen hurts all the way. I was never that satisfied with Tua,
4: and then like I'm really satisfied with Mac. Yes, well, I'll say this too: being a Washington football fan, the other night when we played the Philadelphia Eagles, and they pulled Jalen out for no apparent reason and I put like that, that Shuttlesworth or whatever the hell his name was—I don't even know the kid's name—I'm uh-huh. sorry, no offense to him, yeah—but why they pulled Jalen out, I'll never understand, and that killed that game for. Philadelphia and that is why Washington won that game was because they pulled Jalen out we would have had a better shot at or they would have had a better shot at beating us had they not pulled him out of the game I don't know if there was some discussion that the coach and him had but Jalen didn't deserve that and I'm a huge Jalen fan because when when Tua was called in the last play or the next last play of the national championship it was a national championship that's right. We were playing in Georgia. And the first final, f- final hour. The first fucking person to come out and congratulate Tua with a smile was on his Jaylen. face was Jalen. That is one of the most stand up quarterback. That right there he is probably he my he could have f- transferred out then. Yes. He knew that Tua was gonna take the tape. Yep. But he stayed. Even though he transferred to Oklahoma, I would say that that Jalen Hurts is probably one of my favorite Alabama quarterbacks ever. I would absolutely agree with that. And I'd put Mac Jones and I'd put Tua in there as my favorites. And I don't go back that far because I only became like, uh, you know, 18 years ago when I moved to Tuscaloosa. That was when I became an Alabama fan because I really grew up just a Washington football fan. I never grew up a – I was just an NFL dude. That's the
0: thing about like culture, right? It's like uh, when I talk to Fuzzy or even uh, UBR, Uncle Ben's Remedy, it's like When you think about northern states, they don't put an emphasis on college. They put an emphasis on NFL, right, if they care. Yeah. But, like, those boys, they love the Bills, and so they're happy right now. But, like, me personally, I don't care about pros. What do I care about? The University of Alabama. Sure,
4: sure, sure. And now that I'm in the South, and, I mean, granted I grew up in the South, But my father was always, you know, my mother, she didn't give a shit about football. Of course, yeah. You know, so my father was in, in, right outside of D.C. in, in Alexandria, Virginia. My father always preached to me Orioles. Washington Redskins. You know, really? that was the two teams that I was always inundated with. And my father, you know, when he passed away, he was a huge Washington Nationals fan and not Orioles. He had gone away from the Orioles. <laughs> but I still had it in bred in me that I want to follow the Orioles. I want the Orioles I got an Oriole you know? cap in my hat. Do you for real? I, just because I love the logo. Yeah. I yeah. love that bird. I mean, I've been a fan. I mean, I really don't – Like, there was a point in my childhood when I followed, and my father and I actually had a chance to go to Camden Yard and watch Cal Ripken in his last season, the season that he won the big, mm. you know, most consecutive games played or whatever. We, Cal we Ripken a, was so epic. Yep. We had a chance Props to go – number eight. We got our ass handed to us. Cal Ripken junior, right? Yes, junior. We had our ass handed to us by the Toronto Blue Jays. But it was so, so cool to, like, be there with my father, who's always talked about this. So my father it – was,
0: It was the same for me with Chipper Jones with Atlanta Braves. Yeah. So I, I know exactly what you're talking about. But go ahead. I'm sorry.
4: Well, my father and I, um, last year, late last year after the football season was over, I told him, I said, Dad, we got to go to a game. I said, two of my bucket list items, and I've only had a few of them in my life. I said, two of my items are to go to a Redskin game with my father. Once I went to I went to see the Redskins RG 3s first regular season game in New Orleans with my brother. I went there and I saw the Redskins and we won by a field goal. Mm-hmm. Then I went with um, with my ex wife and a friend of mine to see them in uh, Tennessee mm-hmm. in Nashville uh, play the Titans and we won by a field goal. So I told my dad I said like my one dream is that my new dreams I guess is to go and see the Redskins in Maryland. So, that's two of my bucket lists. Go see the Redskins with my dad and go see them. My father passed away in April, so I didn't get a chance to ever fulfill that. So, I've got to, at some point in my life, get to Landover, Maryland. Go see the Redskins on their home turf. Dude, let's, and just let's
0: do it together. Let's go. Fuck,
4: I... I would love it, man. Well, let's do it sometime, like, to man. Wear all we will, my... Let's plan for next I'm season. I'm sorry, man. and I keep saying Redskins, too. I know that's like not PC anymore, and I'm totally cool. With the we've, football team. We've not talked... I'm totally... Dude, like, I don't give a shit if we're called the football team from this point on. I don't give a shit if we have was, a mascot or not, but I love the fact that we have our numbers on our helmets, so... My NFL team and my college team both have numbers on their helmets. I'm totally cool with that.
0: that. That's my thing. Is I was I was telling my dad the other night we were watching them, and uh, he was like, "I, you know, I just can't believe like they're not the Redskins anymore." And I was like, "What if they never changed? What if they were just the Washington Football Team?" I would. I would I was be like, totally
4: down with that. I would man. totally get that T-shirt.
0: Like and I'm not even a fan. Yeah. Like, if, if it's. If you had to put me as a fan, like, geographically, I guess I would either lean towards Saints or Falcons. But, yeah, like, I follow Alabama players, and they're all over the map, you know. I
4: just like watching the
0: pros. I don't really pull. Yeah. I just I just ingest it, if that makes sense.
4: Sure, sure. And I don't know if it's the same as it was last year, but this time last year, Nick Saban had a player on every NFL team out there. I don't doubt it. He had a former player on every NFL team. That's kind of crazy, man. Matter I mean, it's been of fact, what fourteen years, or it's fourteen years now, because the the anniversary was the other 2000, day. Two thousand eight was his first year. Yeah. It's been fourteen years. Wait,
0: wait, no, that's not right. It was 16. whatever
4: fourteen years is that? Fourteen or
0: fifteen? Two thousand six, seven. Yeah, yeah, that would be yeah. Right. But uh, I I remember this is like uh, I don't remember who the Eagles were playing. Um, this has been two weeks ago, so y'all can y'all can tell me. But an Alabama defensive back picked off Jalen Hurts, and like my heart, like oh no, it dropped and, like, it, and it rose at the same time. You know, yeah, it was like yeah.
3: oh my god,
0: this is like poor Alabama. And I was like, are you gonna? Hug it out later after the game, or what's going on
4: here? It's like all of a sudden in your head, the Power <laughs> Man Five Thousand song came in. Like this is what happens when worlds collide. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like oh yeah. my god! What's yeah, that? yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, let's let's uh, let's do some. Let's seg on into music. We haven't
5: let's talked do, about music at all, have money. we? Billy wants a job with a name on his shirt. He's coming in from the country, and he's looking. Work, though he don't want to die more than the world thinks is worth Billy wants a job with a name on his shirt
4: Uh, one of our favorite brewing companies, Parrish. The question that I have,
0: man, and this is my question of music for you, okay, this evening. Oh shit, I didn't prepare for this because we didn't talk about it over a cigarette, and I didn't prepare for it either. I'm just going off the, off my rolled-up cuff. Roll tide. Is um, what bands? Do you believe are going to make the
4: most noise this year? Uh, I mean, right off the bat, I'm going to say Foo Fighters. Um, because if let's, so,
0: let's back up. Okay, do you think that live music in arena rock, if you want to go that, will it be available, or will will we be in these pods? Like, what what is like the that what no is way the, to what, that? What, I don't Yeah, know. what what's the shape of music, and so like, I mean, like, what is even like? I think that we're going to break music off. It's going to be like a renaissance thing. Yeah. To where, like, Sunstroke House, maybe, if Jamie decides to do it. But, like, take those kinds of, like, real small gatherings, and I think, like, we're going to have pockets of music. Does that make sense? Sure, sure. More, More house, smaller, I mean... And even like Druid City doing outside events. Like, even like, you know, uh, even the Nick in Birmingham has like got an outside venue now. You know, Avondale. Like, a lot of people are still able to provide live entertainment.
4: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as far as, you know, being able to pre- predict if it were ever going to be able to go back there, I mean, neither one of us know. I mean, yeah. it's just... It's an uncertain. But I would be totally content because... I mean, the older I get, the more I just, I don't really want to go to festivals. I don't really want to go to gigantic venues. I'd rather see, honestly, and I'm a massive Lucero fan, but I'm, I've seen them 15 times. I would rather see Ben and the guys from Lucero on my computer, you know, I mean, or, or I would rather see them at a, a, a Avondale. You know, I mean, a venue of like medium size. That's right. You know, or at a Druid City Music Hall in Tuscaloosa or That's something right. like that, you know. Um, so, I mean, I really don't know where it's going to go. I'm expecting
0: a renaissance. Um, I think there's going to be a lot of pockets. I think that people are working hard in cities that never really had a scene. And I think that we'll see new circuits be created. I really like what Tim Higgins. And those people that are planted in the downtown Greensboro scene are doing.
4: Yeah. I think we'll...
0: And I'm taking Jamie down there with me. You heard me talking, not this weekend, but next, is uh, I'm going to take her down there to see everything because uh, Tim's boyfriend, he's got an art gallery. Yeah. And um, they're talking about getting the same artists that the Columbus Art Council Gallery is getting. And I was like, why can't we all work together? Sure, sure, sure. Why can't we and like I want to see all these little different pockets these bubbles is like let's create a circuit for our artists and musicians and we can begin to get them out and around and we can begin this this is what I think the future of like shows is is like small venues house shows um maybe not even really you know put out on social media maybe live but like Maybe 30
4: ticket sales, you know? Small shows. I mean, I would... In, like, just small circuits. Yeah. I would totally be cool with that because, like I just said, I mean, I would rather see a much smaller show. I mean, fuck, if I could have Ben from Lucero come and play at Jamie's house or Shooter Jennings or whoever else... Shit, I'd accept that 100%. I mean, having Adam at the Art Council last year. Yeah, you know, or have him come play the Arts Council. Yeah, I mean, like, I'm totally down with with groups of, you know, less than 100. You know what I mean? So anytime I can get that, I'd be totally happy with because I'm done. I think I'm at the point of of age and, you know, I don't know, you're not – Maybe you're not my age, so you're maybe not done with I it. I think I'm an old man in a
0: younger man's body, man. Yeah. Because but
4: like, but I mean, the last
0: time I went to like. What's a, the last
4: big, gigantic show you went to? 2018. Uh, it was Bill Street Music Fest and this. Miss, yeah. Miss. yeah. See, like for me, it was uh, 2019, September of 2019. I went up to um, Louisville, Kentucky. Yeah, the Bourbon and Beyond yeah that's where
0: you saw Nathaniel Rayliff.
4: I was yeah. jealous as fuck yeah. about and that. I saw him in, in Tupelo, Mississippi for free. Yeah, I was jealous about <laughs> that as well. But yeah, I mean, like, I don't know. I mean, it is what it is. I mean, hopefully we'll get back to the way it used to be. And we can have shows at the Tuscaloosa Amphitheater. We can have shows at Druid City Music Hall. And we can have shows at Sunstroke House and the Columbus Arts Council. I mean, I just, I want it to be back like it was. I would prefer to see my bigger artists in smaller venues and be completely happy with it. I mean, mm-hmm. I would love to go to um, Oxford, Mississippi and into uh, Proud Larry's mm-hmm. and see Nathaniel Rateliff. That would be awesome to me.
0: Yeah. I want to... Oh, I got
4: the hiccups. I guess I'm going girl. Oh, no. You want to chill on them? Huh? You cool. want to hold your breath and <laughs> wait a minute? No, I don't.
0: Okay. <laughs> I never get the hiccups. Edit point right there. What did What did you? Um, I had a guy tell me that uh, when he was growing up, he said that when you get the hiccups, get you a teaspoon full of sugar and eat it, and it cure the hiccups. And I was like, Really? I've never heard that. I got sugar. You want a teaspoon of it? No, I've always heard like people will take like take you a glass of water and. Drink, yeah drinking that man and I was like what, one thing about science that I don't understand is like why can you not tell me what causes a hiccup
4: and like how do you cease it? We don't know that yet well I don't know what causes hiccups I was thinking of a yawn because you know what causes a yawn yeah someone else yawning no. There's some other no, asshole out there. No. Yeah, it's lack of oxygen in your lungs causes your. Because when you start to get kind of sleepy, you start breathing more.
3: Ah. You know?
4: So, yep, exactly. Okay. So yep. So I guess when you see somebody else yawn, you've started breathing you know, more deeply. Or it's more. Like maybe I need some more. Yeah, it's like okay, I'm my legs. Yeah, you, you so even do that with your animals I, though. If you see an animal oh, yawn, um, you'll yeah. do it so too. and I did it a hundred times. But like I don't understand why you get the hiccups. But like for me, luckily and the hiccups are gone. Right? I, I hiccup twice and they're gone. Did you um, see? I'll get into this point where like I'll cough and i will hiccup right after I cough. And then for some reason, something will be in my throat and I'll cough and I'll hiccup right after the cough. But luckily for me, I just hold my breath for like literally 20 seconds and I'm good. I've heard that too. It's like, if you hold your breath, it'll go away.
0: It's like, that's, that's, those are like the little minuscule science things I do not understand. It's like, why don't we know what causes a hiccup yet? and How do we solve it?
4: Yeah. Yeah. Because I remember hearing this story years ago. There was this dude that had been hiccuping like since he was a teenager. And he was offering somebody like a half a million dollars or whatever. Like, please cure this. Like, please cure my fucking hiccups. I'm tired of hiccuping. Like, take my lungs out. I don't know what the fuck you're going to do if you mm-hmm. can't quit hiccuping. I don't know. That's wild, man. That's <laughs> Put the wild. dude in the hospital on oxygen. Well, dude, but listen. could you imagine hiccupping for like every day, constantly, even in your sleep? It'd be kind of like having Parkinson's, you know? It would be like having Tourette's. Or... Parkinson's, which is this constant, yeah. you know, yeah. involuntary nerve things, just like Tourette's is, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely, that would suck. That would suck. I,
0: uh, I hate having hiccups. It's like, oop.
4: Oop. <laughs>
0: as I was saying,
1: <laughs> uh,
4: okay. Let, we went all over the spectrum. Did we talk about music at all? Does it matter? Look, <laughs> we're going to right now. Okay. We're going to this is the most unique on okay. I knew it was gonna be special. Yes, that's good. because like all right, so let me set it up for everybody. Right, go ahead. So like whenever Alan and I were talking, I was like, So what are we gonna talk about? he was like, Let's just bullshit. <laughs> Let's just talk about 2020, and then let's just bullshit about the new year, and I'm like, okay, I'm down with that. So, yeah. I mean, not like we have a script or anything yeah. every time, but occasionally be like, hey, let's talk about the blues, and yeah. let's talk about punk rock, and this is like, this yeah, just typically bullshit. we'll so pick we're...
0: on like a specific genre, but like, let's close here. Okay, is um, going into 2021 for all those listening, if you had to put. People on a specific band, are plural bands. Who would you recommend? Now, check this out. Okay. They don't have to be new, because I'm gonna I'm gonna shout out old bands, old albums. All right. Just things that have set really well with me
4: since the new year. My first one is Radical Face, any album. That's a band I've never even heard of, dude. You stumped me for the first time. Fully stumped me. You've stumped me with bands I've know of, but I've never heard before. But Radical Radical Face. Face? So he has an album that he
0: recorded out of uh, the childhood home he grew up in, and the whole album is just so special. Like he recorded in like different parts of the home. Like in one, he was outside and you can hear the wind chimes. Yeah. And like everything yeah. was just so perfect, like awesome. Yeah, it's it's really good. It's an old album. I but think you've like, mentioned him before. I probably yeah. so. But like, let's let's talk about those albums. You know, like even if you don't want to talk about the new new. Yeah. Like, what are just some of your go to albums? Let's go there.
4: All right. So first off, and this throws people for a loop every time, but before there was Lucero, because I went through a period of my life. When there was a band called 16 Horsepower. I only know them S- because of you. 16 Horsepower for the longest time was my favorite band ever. It's led by uh, a dude named David Eugene Edwards, who is one of the most fantastic musicians I've ever heard in my life. Every instrument he plays is vintage. It's like 30 years older than he is or 40 years older than he is. Cause I think he's about my age. Um, but 16 horsepower the story behind them lead singer david grew up his grandfather was a nazarene preacher wow. who follows around you know they go to different churches That's every right. week so he would go to with his grandfather to a different church so he got the whole hellfire and brimstone version of religion spit at him every weekend mm-hmm. and so While he's, traveling so he sat down he's from denver colorado He sat down, and he just developed this band that embodies this hellfire and brimstone, um, rustic, um, gothic Americana music that is just amazing. It's a little bit bluegrass. It's a little bit fucking 16 horsepower. There's no other way to describe it. So if you can check out um, Sackcloth and Ashes, which is is from a Bible verse. Um, Sackcloth and Ashes is a great record, and um, the the record they put out after that, for heaven's sake, maybe was the name of it. Okay, such Low Estate. I'm sorry, Low Estate was the the record they put out after that. That was their second and third record, man. I mean, 16 Horsepower rocked my world. I went to, and this was back before our phones were like the big thing in our hands. When I was listening to 16 Horsepower on the regular, it was like this, (laughs) this um. (laughs)
2: My train leave in the morning. My train leave just before day. My train leave in the morning. My train leave just before day. I'm gonna ride in the sunshine. I swear I'm leaving you this morning,
4: woman. I ain't never coming back. Hell of a plug, man. I mean, that band just absolutely rocked my world. Um What was it about it? I I don't know, maybe it just came at a a point in my life where I just, I, I needed to hear something like that, but it's just this, just raw bluegrass rock thing. And I'd never heard anything like it before in my life. I remember I was working at WMSV in Starkville. Um, and I used to screen the records every week. They would give me a stack of CDs And I would screen them, and on the back of them, I would scratch out all the, like, with black marker, mark over whatever songs were not air quality, N-A-Q as we called it, or nasty-ass quotations. Um, Because anything they cussed in, you couldn't play on the radio. So it's like, I was going through these things, and I got the first 16-horsepower record, the little EP that they put out before Sackcloth and Ashes, and I just, I mean, I literally was just in awe the entire time I heard this record. And so this was back before you could get the internet on your phone. So I would like sit at work and I would, there was this website that was dedicated to just figuring out every like bleeding, every lyric that David Eugene Edwards would do. And so I would print, I printed out pages upon pages upon pages and I would sit there and listen to the music and look at the lyrics and read what every lyric was about and like how, like certain things he said, like reverted back to biblical, you know, uh, scripture and stuff. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, you know, it's just amazing band. That reminds me of a good plug. Did you
0: have you ever listened to Manchester Orchestra? Yes. That's kind of the same thing. He grew up under a pastor, he was a pastor's son. And so the way that he talks about religion
4: and god is it? well i've, I've it, never
0: it strikes you
4: yeah well 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 i'll say this because i've seen manchester orchestra at um slossfest was it good it, i was really drawn okay but it was okay yeah it was really good it, i don't remember them ever sucking at all no i thought this was fucking great but like I think for 16 horsepower and, and, and like the version of religion he was trying to <clears throat> portray, I think the sound of their music, that American like uh, Americana gothic kind of really fucking ghostly sound that they had kind of brought that it was it almost made like the things he was saying creepy. you know and like creepy like in a gothic sense like in a old fucking tore down shack you know, skeletons in the fucking floorboard kind mm-hmm. of sound, you know? Yeah. And I don't know, just something spoke to me. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if I needed it at that point in my life or, you know, what? because, I mean, I don't think I really necessarily pulled as much religion or religious teaching from it as I did just this is a style of music that I fucking agree with. So after that, I started listening to, like, you know, Slim Cessna's Auto Club and and Jay Munley, um, you know, different Gothic y fucking bands. You know, Mm -hmm. I started just delving into it. And I mean, that was just something that I loved. But 16 Horsepower would be that one band if I had to like tell people about here's what you need to check out, check out 16 Horsepower. And then when David Eugene Edwards broke up 16 Horsepower, he started a band called Woven Hand. And I will recommend listening to the first three Woven Hand records because Woven Hand kind of became. Because they only play in Europe. They very rarely play in the States. I saw them in Atlanta at the Drunken Unicorn. So it was like a rare occasion that they do play here, and they may play occasionally in Denver. How did you find out about that? About Woven Hand? Yeah, about them being in Atlanta. Why'd you go? Uh, I mean, I I don't, I guess I followed them on Facebook or something, you you know, on my computer. And I just saw that they were coming and I was like, we're going. And so we went and it was fucking amazing. And so, so now let me, let me tell this story too. Like I've met hundreds of people working in radio. I've met, you know, everybody from fucking Carrie Underwood to, you know, whoever. Art Alexakis from Everclear. You know, I've met them all. Mm -hmm. A lot of them. Not all of them. Um, but there has been one person that has always mystified me to the point of where I couldn't. I was, and I've been around them twice, and never have I ever been able to approach David Eugene Edwards. I was in Atlanta in 1996 at the Gavin Convention. 16 Horsepower played right before um, Possum Dixon. Mm-hmm. He, uh, he, the, the. We're standing there, my friend Lucas and I and david eugene edwards comes out we're at one set of doors he's at the other set of doors he comes out sits down smokes a cigarette and we're both like talking to each other let's go over and talk to him go and talk to him and then the drummer um um i cannot pronounce his name because it's french um the drummer for 16 horsepower comes out and we sit there and talk to him for fucking ever and then david eugene edwards gets up and goes back inside and so I'm like, I totally missed my chance there. And then, whenever uh, my ex wife and I went to see him at uh, the Drunken Unicorn, I stood in front of David the whole time and he spits when he sings. Mm-hmm. And he sits down in a chair. So, you just like, if you're in front of him, you're going to get spit on. It's like not like he's moving around the stage or anything. Um, and I sat there the whole entire time and listened, just mesmerized. And then, when he was done, I went to the merch table. There was really nothing. They didn't have a whole lot of merch. So then I came back and I stood in front of him while he was tearing all his shit down. I could have talked to him, but I was in, I, just, I couldn't. I was just enamored. I could not speak to him. That's the only person ever that I've not been able to speak with. I asked you something. Do you give a shit about autographs? I really don't care about autographs. Me sh- neither. Like I'm more like I. I don't feel like I've officially met someone until I shake their hand. I don't. I'm like I'm at I'm past the point. I think. I mean, I've been in radio for thirty years. Yeah. So I'm past the point of autographs, but like I want to at least shake your hand and tell you how much your music meant to me, or your fucking show was awesome, or something. I-
1: i oh. cold.
0: but butt will be safe on the way home. <laughs> per Monk's mother. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. Um, Man, it's, it's so good to uh, do this for the 15th time. And uh, to 15 more times 15, you know. Man,
4: it just seems like it's been so much more than 15. Oh, it's just like, I feel like, I mean... I know we only. How long? Like, when did we? When was the first episode? Oh my god, dude! That might bring it into perspective a little more. It, I mean, it's been at least a year and a half.
0: Okay, so ability, right? Yeah, at least a year and a half. So we met at the Sunstroke House, and we, we.
3: Yeah, <laughs> we. <it's> just crazy. <laughs> we kicked
0: that can around for like. Four or five shows, it seemed like every time we got together at the Sunstroke, we'd be like, Yeah, getting a little more familiar with each other. And be like, yeah, 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 I yeah. wanted to do a podcast, and I've got a podcast. And <laughs> why, don't, why don't we collaborate? And yeah, and then finally we did it,
4: and it just it's like I want to say it's been going at least a year and a half. You I, know? I think I think it, it first became a thing when I was like, Hey, I got an idea, <laughs> how about we drink beer? And do what you're saying. <laughs> you were like, "Okay, so we got it." <laughs> the formula. It. Let's drink some Dr. Juice by Parish Brewing Company, and let's talk music. So yeah. And um, all right, man, it's good, and we got Sushi Ruth here with us. Yep. So let's shout out to Sushi Ruth. Rest her.
0: And um, man, we'll walk we'll it out. I appreciate um, it, brother. 2021, man, it's good to. Kickoff Untapped and Vinyl 15 with you here on this new year. And uh, all the Roll Tides to you. And uh, let's keep on
4: keeping on, right? Roll Tide, R.I.P. Sushi. On that, we're out of here.
0: News and notes, thank you so much for listening to Porch Talk. If you haven't done so already, I would ask that you would rate and review the show on whatever podcast app it is that you listen to on. Now, for music. Let's go for a ride, Fuzzy in the Rust Belts, Leaving Hearts Alone, Taylor Hollinsworth, Name on His Shirt, Uncle Ben's Remedy, Morning Train, Nick Wade, Rather Low, Nick Shoulders, and to walk it on out the door, The Blips, Inside Out. Peace out, guys.